0: If you will, turn to First uh, Kings chapter sixteen tonight, um, as we continue in our Old Testament study of the book of Kings, um, the kings of of Israel and the kings of Judah and I again, I want to continue to reiterate so that when when you know you talk we, we you ever go through this again, you understand the northern kingdom, the Southern kingdom that Israel is. The northern kingdom, Judah, is the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom has two of the tribes. The northern kingdom has the ten tribes that are up there. And last week, we got into the third king of the southern kingdom, which was King Asa. And we learned that Asa Asa reigned for 41 years. And I say that because he ended up, and it tells us, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And so he reigns for all these years, so for for 41 years, for four decades, the nation of of, of judah or the house of judah the southern kingdom is just getting blessed he, he wasn't perfect but but there was a lot of good stuff that was happening you don't hear a lot a lot about what was happening oh there was their wars and their battles and all this stuff but he reigned for 41 years because he did right in the sight of the lord or in the eyes of the lord now i need to to give you a little caveat here that longevity doesn't necessarily equate with the good kings because we will see that there are some bad kings that that reigned for quite a while as well and yet we see other times that that some of these kings they were just there for a little while and part of it because they just did evil and god just took them out of the way or however it was you know and so i don't want you to think that longevity equates to good kings sometimes they were bad kings but they reigned for a long time but in the case of king asa from the southern kingdom we see that they were doing well and for the most part it was because he was being obedient to the things of god he, he, he ended up doing what was right and cleaning up the whole area because for a, a couple hundred years they had also gotten into idolatry and he decided he was going to come in and clean house. And he began to do all that stuff and God began to bless them. Oh, he messed up towards the end of his, his reign, but he wasn't perfect I shared with you last week that King Asa saw and had to deal with seven different kings from the northern kingdom because he reigned for so long. Now, now Jeroboam, he came in to reign after Jeroboam, but as a kid, as a young man, as, as a young adult, he, he saw his father fight against Jeroboam or his grandfather. He, he saw all the stuff that was happening and so he kind of had dealings with that king but for the next six kings that, that were that were ruling in the southern kingdom he had to deal with them. he had battles with them, he had all these things but yet he continued to reign and we're going to see even tonight just this, this this revolving door that's happening in the northern kingdom. Proverbs 14. Thirty-four says, "Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people." And you will see that throughout the, throughout our time, even tonight, and throughout the, the, this book, you, you've seen it that that righteousness it exalts a nation, and we see it even today in our world. That when righteousness is not prevailing, there is a reproach that comes with the nation, with the people. There, there, there's something about sin <laughs> that God just doesn't look good on. He, 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 it, it, he deals with it. Now, I am so grateful that we are living in the age of grace. I'm I, I so happy for that. Not just on the personal level, but even as a, as a society. And as bad as we think that things can be or are or will be or, or however we look at things... God God still shows his favor upon us. But righteousness does exalt the nation and sin is a reproach to people. And while the Lord was exalting the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom continued to be a reproach to the Lord and to its people. Because as the leader goes, so goes the people. And as the people go, so goes the nation. And so 1 Kings, we'll break it up in, in pieces here. So let's read the first seven verses. Again, there's different names here. I might get them wrong, I might not. More than likely I will, but bear with me. Um, it says in verse 1, that's chapter 16. Then the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hanani, against Baasha, saying, Inasmuch as I lifted you, out of the dust and made you ruler over my people, Israel, and you have walked in the way of Jeroboam, and have made my people Israel' sin to provoke me to anger with your sins, surely I will take away the posterity of Basha and the posterity of his house, and I will make your house Like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. The dogs shall eat whoever belongs to Bashar, Bashar, and dies in the city. And the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the fields. Now the rest of the acts of Bashar, what he did, his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Bashal rested with his fathers. And was buried in Tirzah. Then Elah, his son, reigned in his place. And also the word of the Lord came by the prophet Jehu, the son of Hanani, against Baasha and his house. Because of all the evil that he did in the sight of the Lord. In provoking him to anger with the work of his hands. And being like the house of Jeroboam, and because he killed him, or killed them. So as we go back to verse 1, and we cover this for, for a little bit, where, where it begins to tell us that the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hanani. What, what we have seen already, if you've been with us, if not, you can go back. What we've seen already throughout our time in the Old Testament is that God rose up prophets. He, he rose up prophets and sometimes even priests to speak to His people. I, I, I was reminded of, of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. He says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke, to, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, though through whom we he through whom also he has made the worlds. Again, he it reminds us in the book of Hebrews that, that in times past, before Jesus came on the scene, before before the New Testament, that he would use the prophets to speak his word. He would raise guys up from wherever they were at and he would raise them up and he would speak to them however he spoke to them. And I don't know how that was, if it was audible or, or through the law or whatever it was, but they had a message that they had to go speak to the people. Now I know that even today God can use people to, to speak truth into people's lives and, and he can send people to you or, or things like that. But, but for, for, for the most part in this day and age we have his word. We have His Word. He has spoken to us through His Son, the Word of God. And so, so we rely on the Word of God. And so again, when people come to us and they speak into our lives truths that they want to share into us, then we have to test all things by, by the Word of God. But in those days, He sent prophets, sometimes priests. But for the most part, He sent prophets. And we have already seen a few prophets in both kingdoms we we', we seen when, when when the kings you know when, when the nation wanted a king well we had we had Samuel who was not just a priest but he was a prophet. they considered him a prophet and and, and so he would speak the things to the kings of what God wanted, what God required and then as as as, as David went this way and Saul went that way there was people, seers also that they were called that would speak to these people, but God would send them to speak truth. And so once once we we see that the, the, the nation is divided, God is still using prophets. As a matter of fact, Hanani, the seer or prophet, he was the father of Jehu. We, we, we saw last week as we moved over to Second Chronicles that Hanani went to go speak to King Asa. And Asa got a little upset for what he said. And he put him in prison. Or he would be putting him in prison because now we're kind of going back in time here. But, but here Jehu was the son of Hanani and, and Jehu is sent to the northern kingdom. And, and he has a word from the Lord to Basha. So these guys it seemed like they crossed territories. God knows no, knows no bounds. If he wanted to speak to Asa, he sent somebody down that way or he had somebody there. But he wasn't afraid to send that guy up there to go speak truth into them. And so he sent Jehu to Bath, Basha in the northern kingdom. And he went to give him the word of the Lord. Not his own opinion. Not what he thought. He went to go give him the word of the Lord. And I love the fact that God has always been faithful throughout his word. He has always been faithful. To warn before he acts. (laughs) He always does that. And I love the fact that again. This is what the word of God is all about peeps. This is what it's all about. He warns us about life, about sin. He, he, he shows us as a mirror when we're sinning, when we're blowing it. That's what the Word of God is. It's a mirror. It reminds us. Again, it, it rebukes us. It admonishes us. It, it, it encourages It does all those things. It's the Word of God. And so he sends Jehu to go share the Word of God. And so he goes and he warns this guy before he acts and he tells them what the message is. Now we know that Baasha he reigned for 24 years. And and as we read he walked in the ways of Jeroboam and we're going to hear that all the time you're going to get tired of that. But again Jeroboam was the first king of the northern tribes and he did what was evil and it's interesting because, again, God had revealed to him, hey, you do good, I will bless you. I will, I will grow you. There, there will be a dynasty after you, if you will. You could be like the house of David if you follow after my ways. And Bashar gets into power, and he, right away he does what is evil in the sight of the Lord. <clears throat> or Jer- uh, Jeroboam. And Jeroboam continues to do evil upon evil upon evil that that now the saying goes and they walked the ways of or in the way of Jeroboam. Jeroboam set the standard and people were continuing to follow after him. But Bashar, he reigns for 24 years and God warns him and we don't know what the timing is when he sent Jehu to go warn him about this whole thing but he has... Or he's had 24 years to, to repent and humble himself before the Lord because he knows what God has told him, how he ought to walk. And he never repented. We never hear of that, that he repented. I, as I was looking at this and thinking about that whole incident of having all this time, I thought, you know, the world will never have an excuse to say that, that that God never warned them. Now I know what some people would say, yeah, but there's some people that have never heard about Jesus. And I understand that. But I could almost guarantee you, every leader in this world, past, present, future, has heard about Jesus Christ. And they have suppressed it from their people. They have hid them. And and told them that he doesn't exist. That that and and so these people they're ignorant to the fact. I, I I'll grant them that, but the but the Bible tells us that nature itself proclaims the glory of God. And I truly believe that even those countries that they're going that they've never heard the name of Jesus, the heavens shout his name, and many of them going there's something more than what we're being told. But I can guarantee you this, (laughs) every country and every leader, even in the Old Testament here, they all knew about Israel and the God of Israel. And they all had chances. They all had chances. And when they were dealt with, it wasn't because God is just mean and he hates everybody but the Jews. He loved all of them. He warned all of them. He encouraged them to turn and they would not from their ways. And yet we have the nation of Israel as a whole, and especially the northern kingdom right now that we're talking about. And God warns him about what will happen in his life because he has done evil in his sight. And you would think that he would go, Man, I've got to change this. I've got to change this in my life. But we never hear him doing that. See, righteousness was not one of his qualities. And so his his nation was never really exalted, even though they did a lot of things. They were never really exalted in righteousness. But there was a lot of reproach that was happening among the nation and among the people. In verses 2 to 7 right here, this next portion, it says inasmuch as I lifted you out of the dust and made you ruler over my people Israel. Just that little portion there. (laughs) Bashaw had no excuse. He knew where he had come from. It, It seemed that he had come from humble beginnings. We don't know much about his past. But more than likely... Because of the way he came about to, to gain reign, he, he was a mighty warrior. He was something in the army of the northern kingdom. But he had no excuse because from the very beginning of his reign, he didn't follow after God. And yet he knew that he had every opportunity to follow after God because he knew the history of Israel as a whole. He understood where they had come out of. He knew about King David. He knew the blessings that came from King David. Even though they were split or divorced. He didn't come from royalty or anything like that. Again, he was probably in in Jeroboam's army. Somehow he was close enough to Jeroboam or in that inner circle that he got lifted up from wherever he came and he was close enough to conspire to kill Jeroboam's son if you remember in the last chapter. he was close enough to get close to Nadab to kill him and even after he killed them he didn't run away he, he he had been lifted up to a to a position to where he he either... Called himself king or, or the people said, You will be our king. You you took care of this 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 guy, so you're next up. But but just the fact that it says in a, the, the, the prophet saying, Inasmuch as I lifted you out of the dust and made you ruler over my people. The, the, the Lord had lifted him up out of nothing and made him to be the ruler. Over his people. By hook or by crook. He got there. <laughs> However he did it. He got there. And when he came into power. He ended up fulfilling. The prophecy against Jeroboam. That, that Ahijah. The prophet had spoke to Jeroboam. Saying. You shall not have this dynasty go. Your 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 descendants. Everyone except the, the young kid that died, every one of them will be eaten by dogs or eaten by birds. None of them is going to go to the grave. And so however, um, this guy who's, <laughs> who's reigning now, uh, Bashaw, however he did, but he killed them all. He ended up fulfilling that prophecy that, that the king would not have Anymore, or after he killed uh, Nadab. And so the Lord lifted him up out of nothing. But the Lord never told him, hey, now go kill all the king's family. Never told him to go do that. He just did that on his own. Because he figured, well, I, I don't want anybody coming after me from the family and I, I will reign. Now, in, instead of maybe... Bashaw changing the course of his nation because Jeroboam had done evil and because Nadab even, he, even though he only reigned for two years did evil instead of Bashaw going you know what I'll just put them in exile I don't have to kill them but we're going to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord instead of trying to change the history of his nation he continues to walk in the way of Jeroboam and it says that he made Israel sin. And in that, he also provoked the Lord to anger. The outcome of Bashar's life <laughs> and the posterity, or his posterity, his, his future generations, would have the same outcome of, as Jeroboam, the one he killed. The prophecy that, that, that came to Jeroboam and his family was now being spoken about his own family. That, that his own kids would become dog food. Would be, become bird feed. That, that, that's, that's what would happen to them. The very same thing. Again, instead of going, whoa, I better change my life. If this prophecy, i seen it happen. I did it. <laughs> I killed them. You see, God was going to hold them responsible for the evil that he had done to Jeroboam. And you're going, but wait a minute. It was prophesied that his kids would get all, you know, all killed. It's so like, yeah, but he never told him, go do it. He did it just to, to off them. Now, the interesting thing, because Bashaw was already walking in the same footsteps as Jeroboam, as Nadab, the first two kings, God did not have to go and warn him. Again, in my thinking, you didn't have to go warn him of what he was doing wrong. He knew what he was doing wrong. He knew he was walking in the ways of Jeroboam. He could have just let things happen to him and not warned him but he does and i love that about god that even though this guy is evil even though he is causing israel to sin and provoking god to to wrath that god says but i still have to warn you and tell you what's coming if you don't change your ways and i believe that he continues to do the same thing to people today throughout the world I, I believe that because the Holy Spirit is everywhere at the same time that the Holy Spirit, as His Word says, convicts people of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That, that's what the Holy Spirit does day in and day out, moment by moment, every day. He's doing that around the world, in places that we're going, these poor people, it's like, no, the Holy Spirit is still there. The Holy Spirit is able to reach people. People. And he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And people, even though they hear these things and they feel these convictions, continue in their way. But God is gracious. God continues to be gracious as he was gracious to these people back then by warning them. He warns people today. Whether we go as missionaries to share the gospel or not, God will do his work because he loves people. And and, and bless the Lord that he, he calls people to go out like like the people that we we're talking about earlier <laughs> that have a heart to go do something like that. But what we see here, what we see here is that The cycle repeats itself. And the cycle will continue to repeat itself over and over and over again. Especially with the northern kingdom. Because they do nothing to break that cycle. And as I was thinking about all this cycle stuff, (laughs) I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that is what People are caught in today and even as christians we can get caught up in cycles that we 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 drift away from god and it's almost like how do we break this cycle in our life and god continues to warn us and send people to us and give us his word and hear messages and do all these things and yet we're going but we can't get out of this cycle man because it's what i've been doing for the longest time and, and it looks like that's what happens here with the northern kingdom, that they just can't break this cycle. And I just think like, well, it's not like they can't. They just won't. They know that the ways of Jeroboam were a sin. They know that God is displeased with, with them continuing in this cycle. But for some reason, they don't break it. And again, I I know that some would say, well, well, they can't because they're caught up in their environment. It's where they live. And there's no way out. And I'm thinking, no, we can't even look at it like that. We can't even think of it that way because I shouldn't be standing here because my parents and their parents and their parents, where they were at, they were nothing like this. And there was a cycle that was broken at one point in my life. Or Ross, I would have continued in that cycle. Now again, I guess we could say, well, there's good cycles and bad cycles that we should stay on, you know. But when it's a destructive, bad cycle that we're going, no, you got to get off. And they're going, well, I want to, but I can't. It's like, well, do you have the Holy Spirit in your life? Because you can. Because what we saw last week was some of the people from the Northern Kingdom they saw what was happening in the southern kingdom and they were bailing on the northern kingdom. They were headed south because they saw God working down there. And so some from, from Ephraim and from Manasseh and, and, and Simeon, they were, they were leaving their places and they were going down to the southern kingdom. Why? Because they're going, our country continues to do the same thing. They, they don't want to break this cycle, but we know what it looks like. <laughs> And we see what God is doing. And I'm willing to leave everything behind so that I can find and, and break the cycle. If, if, if not for my, my country, for my nation, for myself, for my family. And so we're going to break the cycle. And so I know that oftentimes we can, we can blame our environment or blame the, the situation in our lives. But we see that, man, there, there are times that that, that that we could break those cycles in our lives because the Holy Spirit has given us that power to do that, to break those chains. His History will continue to repeat itself if it doesn't learn from history. We can get into these cycles and think that we can never get off and that's just not true. God has sent His Son to break those cycles. And He has given us His Holy Spirit to lift us up out of the, 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 the dust that we are in. Out of the world. To be able to be ruled by Him and not ruled by the world anymore. To be able to walk in the ways of the Lord and not in the ways of the world anymore. God has given us that. Three three different times in this portion here, these first seven verses, do we hear that Bashar followed the ways of Jeroboam. And when the Lord repeats Himself, especially in a short period of time like this, then we ought to take heed to what Scripture is saying, and saying, here here this guy is being punished, or or he, he will... He will dis- destroy himself and his family because he is not repenting. He is not humbling himself. We-, we cannot walk in the way of the world or keep repeating that cycle in our lives and expect righteous outcomes or godly outcomes. In Galatians 6, 7, and 8, where it says, Do not des- be deceived. God is not mocked. whatever a man sows that he will also reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And I always add to that, and I don't think it's bad, bad, and the things that pertain to eternal life. I think oftentimes... Because we, we, we get stuck in a, in a cycle and we know that we can jump off because we've jumped off before. And we get stuck there and we're going, but God, why aren't you helping me? Why don't you help me? And God's going, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And it's all written right here. And my Holy Spirit, I've given you my Holy Spirit. And it is the power of, of, of God unto righteousness. It's, it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that same power and again even as I was talking about Asa he wasn't perfect and he had his, his faults and we all do but man to be consistent in, 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 in walking in the ways of the Lord is different than walking in the ways of the world always you continue to walk in the ways of the world but call yourself a Christian there's always going to be these battles and these cycles that you go through and you're going well stop it Because there's a way over here that's right. Oftentimes there's a a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death, Proverbs says. So in verse 8 it says, Now in the 26th year of Asa, king of Judah, Elah, the son of Bashar, became king over Israel, and he reigned two years in Tirzah. Now his servant, Zimri, commander of half of his chariots, conspired against him as he was in Tirzah drinking himself drunk in the house of Ezra, Erz, Erra, Erzra, steward of the house of Tirzah, in Tirzah. And Zimri went in and struck him and killed him, in the 27th year of Asa king of Judah. And he reigned in his place. And it came to pass when he began to reign. As soon as he was seated on his throne. That he killed all the household of Baasha. He did not leave him one male. Neither of his relatives nor his friends. And Zimrah Zimri destroyed all the household of Baasha according to the word of the Lord which was spoken against Baasha by Jehu the prophet. For all the sins of Baasha and the sins of Elah his son which he had sinned and by which they had made Israel sin to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? We're not told how old Basha was when he died. We're not told how he died. But he did. He did die. And we don't know much about his son, Elah, except that he reigned for two years and that he had a drinking problem. Now, it doesn't seem that Elah followed, or it does seem that he, he followed his, his father's footsteps. By which he, he, they had sinned and made Israel to sin and they provoked the Lord to anger. So we, we see that that in the two short years that he reigned whether he was sober or drunk however he was in that time frame he he continued in the sins of Jeroboam he he continued to to cause people to sin and it tells us because they made these idols and they made the Lord angry now his servant Zimri he had he had been Close enough to him, he, he was—he was the commander of half his chariot, which means that it was a big deal, and he had—he had access to Ela. And I'm sure that he saw him drunk many, many times, if not all the time. And I wonder if Zimra, Zimri, thought this guy can't even control his own life. How is he going to control a nation? How is he going to get us out of the messes that we're in if he can't even function right? If he can't even lead? He'd rather drink than lead. And I, you know, again, maybe he wasn't drunk all the time, but that time he was drunk. And, and for, for it to be mentioned in the scriptures that he drank himself drunk, I don't think that was the first time he did it. I just think that that was probably that something that was habitual that happened in their lives. And, and I love the fact that the Bible, he doesn't skirt around the issue. It's like, no, there was, there was an issue going on here. So it, when it was the right time and it was probably the right time any time of the day with Elah when he, he was drinking himself drunk he got close enough to him and he killed him. Now it didn't take long for him after killing Elah that Zimri or Zimri It says that he he killed all the household of Basha. He did not leave not one male. And then he went after the relatives. And then he took it even a step further. Anybody that was friends with them. Thinking, I was just an acquaintance. I wasn't like best buds. But he went all the way. It's almost like I don't want anybody coming after me. Whoever was, was a friend of this family of Basha. They got destroyed. And this is exactly what the Lord told Basha would happen to his family. The Lord had given Basha time to repent and he didn't. He never broke that cycle. And because he never broke that cycle, it seemed like his son jumped on the same cycle and his whole family paid a price for it. And again, you would think that after getting this warning, seeing that your son maybe has this issue in his life, that he's going, you know what, I've got to change my life so my son won't turn out like me or will continue to do the things I do. And so I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change the cycle. I'm going to break the cycle so my son doesn't do that. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't even think about that. And all his family pays the price for it. Now his son, his son could have broken that cycle on his own if he wanted to. Instead of following his dad's footsteps as far as walking in the ways of Jeroboam. But again, he had an example before him and he thought, well, this is what we do. Again, he had the opportunity to repent. Elah had the, the opportunity to repent. And, and he probably also, and I know he could have because I've seen God do it many, many times. He could have broken that cycle of alcoholism as well. <laughs> because God is faithful and he can do those things. But it just seemed like it never happened in these guys' life. His, his reign was short-lived. <laughs> And, and, and who knows that if he would have changed that cycle, Bashar's son, if he would have broken that cycle of, of following after the ways of Jeroboam, that maybe his life would have changed in so many ways that maybe he could, have, he could have reigned longer and it could have been a dynasty. And I know some would say, well, wait a minute, it was already prophesied that they would all get annihilated. Again, I, I don't know. <laughs> Except that, man, it's when, when people repent, it seems like God relents at times. But we see that the cycle just repeats itself. In verse 15, it says, And in the twenty-seventh year of Asa, king of Judah, Zimri, Zimri had reigned in Tirzah seven days. And the people were encamped against Gibeathon, which belongs to the Philistines. Now the people who were encamped heard it said, Zimri has conspired and also killed the king. So all Israel made Omri, the commander of the army, king over Israel that day in the camp. Then Omri and all Israel went up, went with him went up to Gibeathon and they besieged from Gibeathon and besieged Tirzah. And it happened when Zimra, Zimri saw that the city was taken, that he went into the citadel of the king's house and burned the, the king's house down upon himself with fire and died. Because of the sins which he had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord and walking in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin, which he had committed to make Israel sin. Now the rest of the acts of Zimri and the treason he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So, so Zimri... <laughs> has a very very short lived reign seven days seven days is is as long as he reigned, but in those seven days, he was able to kill all the house of Basha, all the relatives, and all the friends. He was a busy guy in those seven days, and at the end of those seven days when he heard when when he heard that that Omri was now on his way and that they had made him king. He goes to the citadel and the citadel was, was like this inner compound within a walled city. And that often had walls and, and, and that's where, where the king usually resided at. And it was usually up on a, on a hill to where it, it was like protection upon protection. And so he goes and, and hides himself in there. And he decides that, that he can't do this. <laughs> For some reason, they didn't want Zimri to, to rule over them. Maybe they did like Eli, and, and they thought, why did you kill that guy? He was a happy drunk. You know, he was happy all the time. I don't know. Zimri was only the commander of half the chariots, but Omri, well, he, he, he was a commander of all the army and the people wanted him. And so as he gets into the citadel, I'm sure it wasn't hard for him to find some kind of fire starter when there's probably all this alcohol around. But he lights himself on fire, lights the whole place on fire. It says in verse 19, because of the sins which he had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord, in walking in the ways of Jeroboam, in his sin which he had committed to make Israel sin. So it wasn't just those seven days <laughs> that he committed these atrocities that that he had started sinning. No, that was his life. Again, the the the, the the, the, the proverb where, where it says that righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to all the people he, he was living in that reproach he grew up in that reproach he, he, he got enlisted into the army in that reproach he, he, he lived that way he was a reproach to the Lord as he was growing up and even when he thought I will become king he continued to be a reproach and again, even though he fulfills the promise of, of God destroying Bashar, God didn't say, hey, I want you to kill everybody. And God would hold them accountable for those things. Even though they were fulfilling the prophecy like that. He did, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he never broke that cycle. And he never repented. And we see this on and on and on, guys. And, and, and now we go to verse 21. It says, "Then the people of Israel were divided in two parts. Half the people followed Tibni, the son of Gidneth, to make him king, and half followed Omri. But the people who followed Omri prevailed over the people. Who followed Tibni. So Tibni died and Omri reigned. And in the 31st year of, of Asa, king of Judah, Omri became king over Israel and reigned 12 years. Six years he reigned in Tirzah. And he bought the hill of Samaria from Shemur for 200. Or two talents of silver, or, or 150 pounds of silver. Then he built on the hill, and called the city called the name of the city which he built, Samaria. After the name of Shimar, Shimar, um, owner of the hill. Omri did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and did worse than all who were before him, and he walked in the ways in the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, And in his sin, by which he made all Israel sin, provoking the Lord God to anger, the God of Israel to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Omri, which he did, and the might that he showed, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the books of Israel? And so Omri rested with his fathers, and he was buried in Samaria. When then Ahab, his son, reigned in his place. Now, if you think that it could not get any worse, it got worse. (laughs) The northern kingdom is now divided. It's like, are you kidding me? They've already separated themselves from the, north, from the southern kingdom. Now the, the northern kingdom is divided. And it was divided for about six years until Tibni died or was killed, more than likely. But then it was brought back together. So Omri prevailed and he reigned for 12 years. Oh no, 20, yeah, 12 years. And if you think it could not get any worse, it got worse. Because Omri did worse than all who were before him. It's like, you kidding me. How bad can it get if, if we keep on hearing about Jeroboam and his sin and the way that people were walking in it? And it's like, he was worse than him. It got crazier. And I, and I think that people are going like, we're done. We're just done. And it's like, oh no, it it could get worse. I'll I'll bring another guy in there who's worse than that guy. And that's what was was happening. But don't worry, it gets worse. You see, his son, Omri's son, would be more worse or worser. (laughs) I know it's the wrong word, but I just want to emphasize that. That's how bad it was. it was. It was more than worse. It was worse, sir. More worser. <laughs> Verse 20, 29, it says, In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, the, the son of Omri, became king over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass, as though it had been a trivial thing for him, to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithbaal, king of the Sidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab uh, made a wooden image, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his day, Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundations with Abiram, his firstborn, and with his youngest son, Segev, he set up the gates according to the word of the Lord, which had been spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. Now that last verse has to do with the prophecy in Joshua chapter 6, that that's what would happen with Jericho. I don't know if it means anything right now, but it's there. But going back to it getting worse than worse, um, King Ahab became the worst of the worst. Now, King Ahab is different than Ahab the Arab um, from the old uh, Ray Stevens song um, because he wasn't an Arab, he was from... Anyways. Ahab becomes part of the storyline here for the rest of the book. He reigns for 22 years. We will see him to the end of this book. So we're going to see a lot about him and his lovely wife Jezebel. He will continue in that cycle of the northern kingdoms that has been laid before him. He will continue to to add on to that cycle, to stay in that cycle. (laughs) The northern kingdom is now into their seventh king. And not one of them has done right in the sight of the Lord. Not one of them. Seven kings into it and not one of them. And they've all paid for it and they will continue to pay for it. And it's not that the Lord didn't warn them. He will continue to warn them until they are taken captivity by the Assyrians. On the other hand, in the, northern, or in the southern kingdom... They had their third king for 41 years. And throughout this chapter, we kept on saying or seeing that in this year of King Ahab, and, or, or Asa, in this year of King Asa, in this king, he saw about seven kings that he had to deal with. And so there was a consistency that was happening in the southern kingdom, and we saw that in this chapter that he continued to reign and reign and reign and God was blessing them because there was a, a, a an, an obedience that was happening in the southern kingdom whereas in the northern kingdom it was a revolving door of who was next who was next who was going to kill who and what family was going to be destroyed because they could not get off this cycle and the cycle kept on destroying families and people and nations righteousness exalts a nation But sin is a reproach to all people, to to many people. And it's interesting because King Asa broke the cycle. He broke the cycle of his father, who did evil in the sight of the Lord. He broke the cycle of his grandfather, uh, Rehoboam. He he broke the cycle of his great-grandfather, Solomon, who started this whole thing of introducing idolatry into the nation. And he followed after the footsteps of his great-great-grandfather, King David. You see, I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what kind of cycles you and your family have, have, have come from. But more than likely, because you're here, you've broken some cycle in your life. And, 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 and we need to trust that God can break the cycles in our lives. That we don't have to be like our ancestors. We don't have to continue in the ways of the world or in the way of Jeroboam. There's a way to break these cycles and it's through Jesus Christ. And it is by the grace of God that I am standing here to break some of those cycles from my generations. And it is by the grace of God that you're here. Because God is able... I'm not saying these cycles are easy to get off of, but they are doable, especially today in the day and age that we live in, in the age of grace, that we have his word, and God has promised his Holy Spirit to those who ask. And guys, if you're stuck in a cycle, even as a Christian, repent. Repent. You need to repent. You need to get on your face, and you need to humble yourself and say, Lord, I can't do this on my own, and break the cycle. Because even in Christianity, man, we get stuck in cycles. And God has given us the power to break those things. And so, amen. Father in heaven, blessed be your name. Lord, you're so good, Lord God. You've given us your word. Lord, you you, you reprove us in your word, Lord. You encourage us, Lord. You show us. Your word Your word is a light. It, it opens our eyes if we just want to see. It opens our ears if we want to hear. And Lord, I know that many who are in this room right now, Lord God, you call them out of darkness into light. And they are walking in that light, Lord God, and I pray for them that you continue to strengthen them. But I know that some, Lord God, are just battling, Lord. They're battling life. They've gotten caught up in, in a cycle in their life that... That, that is not good, It's not healthy, Lord. And I pray that, Father, you would remind them of your Holy Spirit that lives within them and that you can break those chains of sin that leads to destruction, Lord. Father, we pray for our families, Lord God, as many continue to be caught up in those cycles, Lord God, that they just feel like they can't because that's what they've always done and that's what their dads and their ancestors have done. And I pray that, Father, somehow, Lord, God, you would use us to encourage them, to show them that that those cycles can be broken, Lord. I pray for anybody, Lord, God, who who is just battling even the alcoholism that we were talking about today, Lord. The trip, Lord, God, that you show us in your word that these things were happening throughout the ages. And, Lord, we would pray for those in our lives, Lord, even those who are here today, Lord, who are battling them. Whatever it is, Lord, break it. Help us to break those cycles, Lord. Pray that, God, you would do a mighty work, Lord. Please, Lord God, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.